if you look at a map, uh, well, in Revelation 9, it speaks of uh, a 200 million man army coming from the east and the Euphrates drying up and them crossing that. And a lot of people by the description there believe that's talking about China. And China actually does have uh, the ability to to bring forth a 200 man slash woman army, whatever it would be. That might be that. It might be the description of a demonic army. But a lot of folks think that that's a description of China. And it talks about the river Euphrates being dried up. And really, we know it's a push towards that battle of Armageddon that you read of there in Revelation and so many other places. And really from China to get, you know, to, to, to get all the way over to Israel and past the Euphrates, you look at uh, a map with the mountains and everything on it. And it's really Afghanistan is, is pretty much the clear path from China where you got China, Afghanistan, then you got Iran, Iraq, the Euphrates rivers. A j- river there jordan then you got israel and so ju- just a thought there and you know it is just something that is unfolding to help set those things up uh i don't know for sure uh but i know this that those birth pains they're hitting and they're hitting hard and uh, let's be a people that aren't troubled uh, a people that rest in the lord that look to the lord like we emphasize so much sunday in psalm 99 and and i've i've rejoiced because we've had a lot of people telling us Man, I keep going back to that verse, Psalm 99.1, the Lord reigns. No matter what comes along, hey, take every thought captive, the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns, the Lord's ruling and reigning on high. Um, I found it interesting today, and we do need to be praying for our, our president, uh, whether you, you love him or you don't. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, we're called to do that, you know what, and so forth, but... It was pretty disheartening when he had his press conference today. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be political here. I'm trying to more just look at the things going on in the world because the Bible talks about things going on in the world and the things unfolding at the end of the age. And I think that we're very near to that. And I'm not alone in that opinion. And I think I have a have the last year and a half as we've looked at end time stuff, we've, we've seen a lot of biblical evidences that we're in that time. So it was a bit, bit disheartening to see him not mention anything about the debacle over there in Afghanistan, but just, you know, go over to the COVID side of things. And, you know, with that, I'm not trying to be divisive when I talk about all of that. Uh, I do believe there's a COVID-19. I don't believe that they have a way to properly test for it. Uh, There's been an omission of that, that their tests fail. They can't distinguish between that and the flu, thus the flu. We know why the flu disappeared this last year and so forth. I do believe that it affects some people that get it a whole lot more than others and you know with with the vaccination i believe in medical freedom and so forth 100 percent uh and yet you look around the world and you just see uh just just tyrants using this to so suppress people and uh i mentioned a few times you know we we've been praying for canada and the things going up there and it seems like some things have opened up for the folks up there, at least in some of the, the regions. And you look at Australia right now, really be praying for that, that, that nation, that continent. I mean, they are just, it, it's over the top insanity where these people can't go more than a few miles from their own home. Uh, they, 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 I mean, it's just basically they're prisoners in their home with the military enforcing this, allowed to go door to door and to go in to see if you're following protocol and so forth. And this week, they upped the fines to like three to $5,000 if you're breaking the smallest protocol that they put out there. And so, you know, let's be praying for those folks. I know New Zealand just started something like that today. I think it was in Auckland or, or yesterday because they said there was one COVID case. And again, out of their own admission, they can't test properly for this. They, they can't distinguish between COVID-19 and the flu and yet they're still using those tests right now it's just utter insanity and people just going along with it and so forth when those are facts right there that's not hey where are you getting that those are facts and just the craziness and then you know in our own country too uh and and you guys are aware of these things uh i I think that you are and, and i point them out again not to trouble hearts tonight but i think to stir hearts to pray and so forth uh, but I think most of us saw in our own country the 
Department of Homeland Security issuing, you know, at the, the, the these things of potential terrorist threats, and they include opposition to COVID measures. And uh, you know what? I think a lot of us are opposed to a lot of these measures. They're unconstitutional. They're invasive. Uh, they they they're they're unlawful and so forth. And you know what? Here's the Department of Homeland Security saying, "Listen, if you're opposed to those things, you're you're potentially a domestic terrorist." Uh, this is we should be concerned of these things and praying for our country and so forth. And any that would claim that the election was fraudulent, you know, you, you, you're the a potential domestic terrorist. Uh, and and you know, it, it gets into other things as well. And then, you know, this past uh the past few days over there in new york they started their their uh paper thing where if you don't have papers that you were vaccinated you can't go into movie theaters i got the list here concerts museums aquarium zoos sports arenas indoor stadiums convention centers it goes down a whole bunch of other stuff restaurants catering halls gyms fitness centers all these things uh, and, unless you're a professional athlete, then then you're passed. So you're you're okay if if you know you're a professional athlete, but uh, if you're there to watch, no. And I really caution people that that have chosen to take that vaccination and cheering this on. And I hear a lot of people cheering it on. Yeah, you know that's you know follow the science. Well, the science says even if you get that, you can still spread it. So I don't know where this mindset's coming from of the dirty people and the clean people. It's proven. I mean, these countries that are almost all vaccinated, Israel is just off the chart right now, and almost everyone there is vaccinated. So I'm just trying to speak to this mindset of the dirty and the, you know, the clean and the dirty people when this evidence is it's, it spreads no matter what. It's spreading. Uh, and but some people cheering this on. Yeah, the dirty people. Let's keep them out of things and so forth. And I just caution if that's you. And it's probably not many people here tonight, if any. But I know a lot of people watch these messages and so forth. Um, and and I know some people watch them just to say, what's that crazy guy talking about now? Or how can we get them and so forth? I, I know they're out there. I'm praying for you. If that's you. But. Uh, but I caution that because, listen, you might be next. Because if, if this is happening right now, this is really medical information and medical choice. What are you going to do if the next thing you, you have to go somewhere to you have to show proof you don't have a sexually transmitted disease? 20 percent Americans at any time have an STD, 68 million. Can you imagine if all of a sudden that started getting broadcast in the workplace and, you know, a memo sent out like is happening in some of these workplaces of everyone with a sexually transmitted disease and you can't go in or whatever oh that won't ever happen did you think this would unfold and happen or it could be you know what if you're a member of of you're not a member of the political party in power it happens to you you're like well our power our party's in power i don't fear well, things change <laughs> things change or what if it is you have to be a, a certain ethnicity and you're like that won't happen Check your history books. It's happened before. It's happened before. Or what if it is you have to confess Caesar as Lord? It's happened before. Or pledge allegiance to Allah. It's happening now. Or pledge allegiance to, you know what, a church. Go read about the Inquisition and so forth. Go read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Uh, you know what? Or what if it is you have to take a certain mark on your hand or your, your, your forehead? I mean, th this is moving right into preparing a world for a beast system. And um, listen, in all of the, we need to pray and, and be wise. We, we need to respond uh, in a biblical manner. I rejoice today that by all accounts of reports that I saw and so forth, that started in New York, I think, yesterday, and virtually no one's honoring it. People are just doing what they did, and a bunch of businesses have filed a lawsuit because they're saying this is unconstitutional, this is wrong. I mean, th this is insanity. And again, I'm not trying to put the emphasis more on, 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 on your medical choice. Look, at, you got to research that. I, 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 I stand strong in my convictions concerning it, but I would hope that we would all absolutely step back and say this is insanity 
to say you can only go in here if, if you have these papers and so forth, especially when you, you look at the, 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 the truth behind, you know, at the, the ineffectiveness of, of these vaccines. It's just it's a joke is what it is and how quickly it was rushed out and so forth. So I don't want that to be a point of division here. I would hope more so that we would be able to unify in, in freedom that's found in Christ as well as seeing, you know, at the writing on the wall, knowing prophecy and knowing what's coming down the road of being a people that would stand up as salt and light and would be in a place of saying, we, we want to restrain this kind of thinking. I mean, this is just uh, power, uh, uh, you know, corrupt power and so forth. Uh, and and I know that uh, those things generally don't stop and, and, until, you know, something happens to put them in place. So anyhow, uh, I've just been getting a lot of questions about this stuff and so forth. Uh, what I would emphasize again is do not let your heart be troubled. Go back to the fact the Lord reigns. We're his people. We're in his hands. But absolutely, listen, let's be a people of prayer. Let's be a people to walk in truth. Let's be a people that stand our ground. God hasn't called us to go in a corner somewhere or to back down because someone may not like what you say. Let's make sure it's not the way we said it. Let's make sure we don't get baited into fights and arguments and those types of things. Because when you do, your message is lost in all of that. And we don't want that to be the case. So we want to stand in truth, the truth of the gospel. And I think just the truth as well as in, uh, you know, like God-given rights and, and liberties that I would hope everyone would want to stand in and represent. So, you know, what? those things were just kind of my heart tonight. I throw that out there. Let's get into the scriptures. Revelation 6, 5 through 8. Last week and the week before, the study before, we looked at the first and second seal. There is the tribulation kicks off in the book of Revelation. We saw the first seal that was broken brought forth a white horse. We saw that the rider had a crown and a bow and went out to conquer. And we compared those scriptures with scriptures in in uh, uh, Daniel uh, and, and some other verses as well, Daniel 9, that show that when the Antichrist comes on the scene, uh, Thessalonians, we looked at how he's going to come and he's going to conquer with a covenant. And absolutely, he's going to bring a temporary peace to the Middle East. And there's going to be a declaration of peace and safety in the world. But it's a false peace. And I think the worst kind of peace to have absolutely is a false peace where you're at peace when you shouldn't be at peace at all. You should be troubled. And this world's going to buy this antichrist who's going to appear as a Christ hook, line, and sinker. And they're going to say, we got our guy. And you look at these things going on, even some of these things that we touched on tonight. And again, you see a world that is just just, just really just getting out of control. I mean, you, you can't even keep up with a news cycle anymore. It's just one thing after another. And there's, there's more and more of a long for people and people to say, we, we need someone who can bring some sense and order of these things. Listen, you want sense and order of things? Come to the Lord Jesus Christ. But this guy's going to come on the scene with that first seal and get that following. And then we know they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes. And last week we looked at that second seal and the rider was on a fiery red horse and we saw that he'll take peace from the earth and men will rise up with sword and no doubt other weaponry and they'll kill one another. And we saw that word kill there in the Greek. It's, it's not the normal word for kill, but it means to butcher or to slaughter as in a sacrifice or even to you know devour another. And it seems that it will be a time when there will be, you know, what uh, uh, murders done as as sacrifice, and I think this is where you start getting into already tribulation saints having their lives taken because you know what they don't want to pledge allegiance to the antichrist. Though the mark of the beast definitely is not in the pla- a place at this time, as well as it seems, and what we'll look at tonight really emphasizes this more uh, that. A lot of these kills seem to be for people to be able to feed their bellies. And as I touched on last week, listen, that's, that won't be the first time that happens in history. You can go read about that in the Old Testament. At times when Israel and their rebellion were besieged Jerusalem, 
Uh, we read of them eating their own, eating their children and so forth. And you look at that and you say, how in the world could that happen? You know, what? we're civilized. Are, are we really civilized? <laughs> I question that. I think it's a, getting to be more and more a, a barbaric, you know, a culture for sure. But remember, the restrainer's gone at this point. There's not restraints. And I believe all of us will be blown away even when we go to glory and we see how many times God restrained us from things. God restrained us from certain sins and actions and temptations and so forth. And listen, I hope, I hope, I hope that you're not here thinking, well, that's not me, though. Listen, that's you. That's you, brother. That's you, sister. That's me. I mean, we, we are deprived without the Lord. And so those restraints will be gone. And then tonight we come to the third seal. And we see the rider on a black horse. And we're going to see that the rider of this horse is going to devastate the economy. As we see scales in his hands representing that. And great famine is going to follow this horse. And then, Lord willing, we'll also get to the fourth seal, the pale horse. And death rides this horse. And Hades follows it. And we read through a number of different ways a quarter of the earth is going to die. And in all of it, though, praise God. We're going to see Jesus and we're going to look to Jesus and uh, also kind of talk about how the precursor of a lot of these things are already unfolding. So let's read verse five down through verse eight and and look at these verses here. It says when he or when Jesus opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius. And do not harm the oil and the wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beast of the earth. So notice here, we see this pattern with each of these seals. When he opened the third seal, and we know the he here is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the lamb who was slain, the only one worthy to open these seals, which seem to be the deed of the earth. And we went into great detail on that in studies before. It seems to be the Lord, again, wrapping this dispensation up with the breaking of these seals and so forth. And again, him being the one who has purchased us by the shed of the, the shedding of his blood, as well as that dominion forfeited by man there in the garden. The Lord taking that back through his death, his resurrection. And he's the one opening these seals. And what we see in this, it's just a reminder that the Lord's in control. Again, the Lord's in control tonight. If, if you put your Bibles down and you don't take your thoughts captive and you just go again into all of the news that's out there, all the forums that are out there, all of the, you know, what, alternative news sites out there and so forth, and there's just news on news on news on news. Boy, after a little bit even, you can start saying, well, who's in control here? Listen, the Lord's in control. He'll be in control in the tribulation. He's the one opening the seals. He's in heaven dictating what's going on on earth. And the same true is now because remember what's going on. This, when man ate of that tree in the garden, this, we're getting here now to the, the final results of that. When God said, if you eat of that tree, you're going to die. A curse is going to come. And indeed, God's not a liar. And as leaven, you know, it brings forth more leaven. leaven it's the same with sin. And so we're in a place where we got a world that it seems like just about the whole lump is leavened in, in, in man's rebellion and so forth. But again, in all of it, he's in control. He's the one that is absolutely allowing what happens here on the earth and so forth. He says, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and John's here in heaven, no doubt listening intently as he saw what would happen. His ears are open. Our ears open tonight. Every time we come to this in Revelation where he talks about I saw or I heard, I think these are reminders to us. We should check our heart. Am I hearing? Because we know even those letters to the church, he says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says 
to the churches. And then think of verses like Hebrews 3, 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart as in the rebellion and the day of trial in the wilderness. Do you have an ear to hear? Again, are we hearing the word of God? Are our ears open to the scriptures? God wants to speak. Are we listening through, again, opening his holy word? And again, we see this third living creature saying to John, come and see. So I looked and I bring it back to what we've seen. One of the features of these creatures, they're living. And they're living not just because they're functioning, but this is deeper than that. They're abounding with life. Why? Because they live around and in the midst of the throne of God. Maybe tonight you just feel like the life's being sucked out of you. Maybe even me going over that news stuff, you're like, I, I didn't come to church to hear that stuff. My life's getting sucked out of me. Listen, get near to the Lord. <laughs> get near to the Lord. Life is found near to the Lord. He has come not only to give eternal life, but abundant life, even in the midst of fires and tribulations and you know what, practical uncertainties, though we can be certain God works all things for good for those that love him and are called according to his purposes, get closer to the Lord. And one thing I rejoice in, you know, the last year and a half, I know in my own life I've gotten a lot closer to the Lord. I see that going on in my family. I see that going on in a lot of people's lives. Uh, I think I might have mentioned Sunday, you know, the last week I've had so many conversations with folks uh, so many conversations, especially with younger men, some single, some, uh, you know, it, you, you know, younger guys with with families, you know, littler kids. And they said, man, everything that's gone on in the last year has drawn me back to God. And I'm I'm resolute and I'm going to serve God. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to live for God. I've had a wake up call. I want to raise my kids in the Lord. And, you know, it's awesome. Every one of these guys I talked to there, I saw joy radiating from their faces in the midst of all this stuff and it's because they're drawing near to the living one they're drawing near to the lord and then he says come and see so i look and again we want to see we want to look we want to hear the lord invites us and it's our choice whether we do that or not i would hope daily we are choosing to heed that call from the lord saying come to me all who are la- all who labor and are heavy laden and i'll give you rest and so he says next and behold, a black horse. And when we look at this word black in the context of a descriptive manner in the scriptures, it's rightful that, you know, what the rider or this horse, uh, the one riding this is on a black horse because we see this color associated so oftentimes with famine in the scripture as well as mourning in the scripture. And as we read and as we'll see, this rider brings famine upon the world, not just part of the world, but we see clear across all of the world. Interesting in Lamentations 4.8, and this was the time when Judah was being taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar. And you know what? It was a day of great mourning and so forth. Jeremiah reports, now their appearance is blacker than suit. They go unrecognized in the streets their skin clings to their bones as it has become as dry as wood. And it's a people that are in a place of famine because the city Jerusalem there was besieged by Nebuchadnezzar. We read in Jeremiah 14, 1, him talking about this again, about droughts coming there to Jerusalem and Judah mourning and languishing. And it says they are blackened to the ground. And so this isn't the first time this imagery is seen in Scripture. A lot of this imagery in Revelation, you see it in previous places in the Word when men and individuals and cultures or nations are rebelling against God and the judgment that comes upon them. The only difference is in the tribulation, it's going to be umpteen times more and so much more broad. We also see, again, this color associated with mourning. And I think we see this even practically in most cultures where there's a wedding and people dress in black and praise God. Listen, that represents us in Christ. We'll be part of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so oftentimes in a funeral, again, people dress in black to express their mourning. Again, Jeremiah 4, 
27 and 28, For thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be desolate, yet I will not make a full end, for this shall be the earth mourning, and the heavens above be black, because I have spoken, I have purposed, and will not relent, nor will I turn back from it. And in a lot of these sayings in Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and so forth, a lot of times you even get double prophecies of what was going on then, as well as speaking of the end of the age and these seals and these unfoldings in the tribulation. Now listen, this is going to be a picture again of famine. But again, the, 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 the significance in the color of this horse, it indicates, again, death and it indicates famine and it indicates mourning. And no doubt it's a people that are going to be mourning because of this seal that's broken because of the famine that comes upon them. But sadly, it's not going to be a people that's mourning over their sin. Now, there will be many coming to the Lord in the tribulation. We see that. But more so what you see is people even in the midst of the wrath of God being poured out on them. And it seems it takes you know, about six seals for them to recognize this is the wrath of God because I think it's finally at the sixth seal they recognize, hey, this has been the wrath of God on us. Um, Yet even in that, the bulk of them still refuse to repent. It's insane. We'll read as we get deeper into this of them even going under the rocks and crying out for them to fall on them, but them refusing to repent of their murders and idolatry and adultery and sexual sin and witchcraft and so forth, so forth. And so, listen, there are people that rejoice now in sin and will rejoice when the Antichrist comes forth, peace and safety. But what always comes in the long run when you choose sin over the Savior, you know it comes? Mourning. It always works out that way. Luke 6.25, the Lord says, Woe to you who are full, who are full for you shall hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep you know it's better you know what the better way is it's better to mourn for first and then to rejoice later versus to smile now and cry later anyone familiar with that phrase <laughs> notice what james 4 7 says therefore submit to god resist the devil and he'll flee from you Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he'll lift you up. And then there's cause of rejoicing because you've brought that sin to God. You've lamented and you've mourned over that. You say, Lord, woe is me. I'm a sinner. I need to be washed. I need to be cleansed. I'm humbling myself before you. You're God and I'm not. And then the Lord comes in and brings restoration and encouragement and healing and so forth. And he exalts us and lifts us up in him. But it's one way or the other. And we see a world more and more rejecting Christ, more and more not only embracing sin, but boy, isn't it a world that celebrates sin? I mean, they're celebrating sin and then even villainizing those that say, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is sinful. This isn't part of God's plan. Even pointing out, this is damaging behavior. This behavior destroys cultures and so forth. And they say, we'll hear none of it. We're the righteous ones and we're going to rejoice in these things. Well, listen, a reckoning is coming. And there's a reckoning that comes for all of us. This is why you want to be recognized in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this seal, again, it's going to be a mourning. And there's going to be a lot of mourning in this time. Sadly, again, yet not a lot of repentance. Now, we'll get more into the details here of a day's wage for a loaf of bread that's going to come to the earth. And great famine that's going to come to the earth. But we got to recognize tonight, there's already famine in the world. There absolutely is. And these are a picture of the birth pains that lead up to the day of the Lord, the tribulation, you know, the end of the age. We read it already, but there in Matthew 24, 7, the Lord speaking of these things leading up to this time. He says there'll be famines. And then he tacks on pestilence or plagues, earthquakes. And boy, we had some major earthquakes over this last week. And absolutely, again, 
be praying for those folks in Haiti and those there ministering them and so forth. And there were some major earthquakes up in Alaska, and it seems those things are on the rise. And he says these are the beginning of sorrows, and he's talking about those birth pains and the intensities. And there's a lot of folks that, you know what, that, that are ignorant to the fact of how much famine there is in the world despite so much food that's produced in the world. And the reason for a lot of that famine is because there are kings and rulers in a lot of these places that, that, that they're corrupt. They're corrupt. They block these, you know, it aids from their own people and so forth. Listen, there's, there's sinister individuals that work in high places. Oh, Steve, you know, get that tinfoil hat out. No, I read the Bible. I read Psalms too, and guess what? I believe it. Where it talks about the kings and the rulers, the rulers, they cast off the counsel of the Lord. I believe the scripture there in Ecclesiastes 5 that we looked at this weekend that talks about bribes and, you know, a, 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 a leader with a leader over them and one over them and so forth. And you see this around the world. But you look around the world, and I mean, the statistics, and I, I don't know how exactly they come up with these, but, but you know what? They say the number of people in the world who suffer from hunger and malnutrition is, is close to a billion people. You know, they say about every five seconds someone dies from hunger. Um, I mean, the numbers are just, they're, they're really astronomical. Um, and I, I got a whole chart here. I don't want to go through all of it. You, you just need to know that there are places around the world where folks aren't guaranteed their next meal and, and, and some maybe eating a meal a week and so forth. And I think that should do two things for us. Number one, it should stir us to pray for these folks, absolutely. Um, and I know a lot of folks involved in ministries and so forth. And, and even in that, you know, it, the, there's such a challenge in that because even there's so many, you know, there's some good mission organizations out there and then some not so much. So, you know, uh, we, we, we need to be wise and discerning in those things. But boy, at the minimum, at the minimum, let it make us all the more be thankful and give thanks to God for every meal that we have. Don't take that for granted. Don't take clean water for granted. Because let me tell you, hear this tonight. Make no mistake, famine could hear her real quick. How many farmers do we have in the house tonight? Maybe a few. I'll tell you what, the food distribution gets disrupted in, in our country. And I'll tell you, that internet goes down, 90% of commerce is going down with it. All of a sudden, if Avon's and McDonald's doesn't have food anymore, most folks are in big trouble with that. And so let's be thankful. This is why the Lord said, give me today, pray, give me today my daily bread. Let's not take that for granted. But you see, again, the birth pains of this already in the world. And, you know, even over the last year, there's been food shortages and so forth. I don't think, I don't think toilet paper counts in that category. But, again, it, it's, it's, a, it's a day of so much abundance, yet even in that, there's so many people that are struck by famine. And when this seal is broken, this is going to be something that hits the whole world. Now, with that, listen, also a birth pain is a spiritual famine in the world today. In the days of Samuel, it talks about how the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And I tell you, Jesus talks about before he returns, the word of the Lord being rare as well. doesn't talk about pastors being, being rare or ministries being rare. It talks actually about false prophets being abundant. But it talks about truth being rare. I mean, the Lord said when he returns in Luke 18, 8, he says, Will I, find, will I really find faith on the earth? I'll tell you, there's a line being drawn in the sand right now, and I think there's a, a, a lot more, though we don't know anyone's heart, boy, there, there's a lot more clarity on real Christianity versus fake Christianity. There's a lot of fake Christianity. And lines are being drawn in the sand in this. And listen, again, I'll go ahead and say it because I keep hearing of this of churches that say you can't come and worship unless you show the vaccination papers, that's straight up satanic. And any pastor doing that is not a real pastor. That's a wolf, and that is a hireling to the umph degree. Please tell him I said it. You can give him my phone number too. That is some wicked stuff, and it's going on all over the place. 
That is sad and pathetic. But the Lord talks about that famine of falling away. Uh, you know, and in 2 Timothy, the time will come when they don't endure sound doctrine. So, you know, what good is it even if you fill your belly and yet, you know what, you reject the word of the Lord? Let's make sure that's not us. Let's make sure that we're in the word, that we're standing in the word. We're going through the word. We're getting washed by the word. We're getting encouraged by the word and so forth. And now it says the one, again, riding this horse, he sat on it. He had a pair of scales in his hand, and that represents commerce throughout the scripture. It's a representation representation of the economy of money, which is most people's God. It just is. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. He'll hate one and love the other. He'll be loyal to one and despise the other. And he says, you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve both of them. Again, it's not that money's evil. It's not. It's not that having money is evil. It's not. It's the love of money that's evil. When that's your master passion or even what you're dependent on. We want to be dependent upon the Lord. Now, we know that God is, in, is, is the one in control of the economy, the world economy, local economies, economies of nations. And hear this tonight. God has been good to us despite us. He really has. I think of the Lord where he says in Matthew five forty four about his father, he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. And I think of James 1.16, do not be deceived. Let's not be deceived. He says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Man, God has been so good to mankind despite man's great rebellion against God. And you ever step back and you just, you know, you're grieved over something and you just say, man, why doesn't God just come down and crush all of this right now? Think of Romans 2.4. It says, do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Listen, God sends the rain and has the sun rise on the evil as well as the good, the just and the unjust. It's in hopes that they would repent, that they would look at him and say, wow, look at all that I'm blessed with. And they would look up and recognize There is a God that has provided all of those things. And praise God, some do respond to that call and get saved. Hey, we're gathered out here tonight because our God is good. Are we not? But listen, at this time, and people are continually talking about the economy crashing, aren't they? And we've heard forever that it's just like a bubble that's being held up. And people are like, how is this thing sustaining itself? Even over the last year when all this money just seems to be printed with no gold backing and people are like, this is going to crash. It's going to crash. It's going to crash. And yet it doesn't crash. I mean, I've been hearing it forever. It's going to crash. It's going to crash. It's going to crash. And somebody says, well, it's really going to crash now. I heard a perspective, you know, that you don't hear a whole lot not long ago from a, a, a pastor been around a lot longer than me. And he talked about, you know, some times when he was around when there was some real hard recessions. And he was talking about the early 70s with all the gas stuff and so forth. And, you know, he said, man, churches were packed. People were looking for work. Unemployment was high. And when people get into that place, they start seeking God. They really start seeking the Lord. I've seen little glimpses of it in my 25 years plus or whatever it is of ministry where there were dips and all of a sudden you start seeing more people as people are like starting to really look past the end of their nose and so forth. But this pastor's take on it was, he goes, I I think just the enemy and these individuals have learned how to keep this mirage up and it's in part because they don't want people repenting. And I think of the Lord where he says the days of the Lord will be like the days of Noah. And it talks about them marrying and giving a marriage and buying and trading. The economy was booming all the way to the time Noah went into the ark. And it could be very well that this economy, this mirage just is held up and so forth. But listen, the day is going to come when it's going to crash. And absolutely, listen at this third seal, it is going to crash and it's going to crash 
so hard and it's going to help pave the way for the mark of the beast. It absolutely is. Side note, listen, no matter what's going on in the world, followers of Christ, we're in God's economy. And I'll tell you, honor God, God will honor you. And in the midst of all these sayings, in the midst of the worries of the economy and what you will eat and what you will wear, we get the counsel from the Lord in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Or how about Proverbs 3, 9? Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increases so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And let me tell you, Let me tell you this, I've seen God's faithfulness in those areas over and over and over and over and over. I praise God, I read that and I'm like, oh boy, I wonder who that's for. I've seen God's faithfulness in those areas over and over. My life and this fellowship and so many people's lives to say, hey, we're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now notice verse 6, I heard the voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius. And three quarts of barley for a denarius. Now a denarius is equivalent to a day's wage. We learn that from a parable the Lord tells in Matthew chapter 20. And so what we see here is at this time a man with a job really won't even be able to provide for his family. It will be a day's work for a loaf of bread. So we see basics will not be readily available. Not just, no doubt, you know what, wheat and barley and so forth, but just those basics, basic things needed to survive. They're going to be, there won't just be a bread shortage. There's going to be a famine that comes upon the entire world. And this is, listen, I don't want someone to say, well, I don't need to fear because I've been prepping and prepping and prepping and prepping. And if we're here, if God doesn't take us before, I'm going to be ready because I got it all stockpiled. Let me ask you. You that have been prepping and prepping and prepping and prepping, have you been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying? Because praying is a whole lot more valuable than prepping. Not saying there's not a place for prepping. We should learn from the ants who in the summer stock up for winter. But boy, if you're putting your hope in that, you need to put your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put it in Him. He says, again, a day's work or denarius for equivalent to a loaf of bread, but do not harm the oil and wine. And I think this is God mocking man, just like so many men mock God now. Because it's basically saying, you're going to have all the luxury items, you're going to have the oil, you're going to have the wine, you're going to have your body perfumes, you're going to have your ointments, you're going to have your alcoholic beverages, but guess what you're not going to have? The basics needed to survive. What good is a lump of gold if a man has no food to eat? (laughs) I mean, you can get to a time where a glass of water is worth more than 50 pounds of gold. That's going to be the time that this is. Where God says, I'm going to let you have all of your idols, the oils and the wines and all these luxury items, these things that the world worships. Heck, they'll probably still have Netflix then, but nothing to eat. They'll still have their game systems that they're on all night. Young men, grow up, please. Hear me. Heed, heed your pastor. Grow up. Moderation's fine when you're consumed. You need to be about the business of God. Be about the business. I think it's a prophetic word for somebody. Just put it in my heart. So heed. And I don't say that in a judgy way. I say that in a liberated. Be liberated. I don't say that to put anyone down. Listen, all young men of every generation have had vices. That's one that's damaging. And I know it's consuming as well. And I have to think perhaps guys will still be doing that during this time. (laughs) So again, they're going to have their gods, but their gods are going to be unable to save them in the midst of all of this or even feed them. Now, verse 7, he says, When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see, so I look. And again, who's in control? Who's he here? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord reigns, amen. He says, come and see. It's the fourth time in this chapter John's been told, come and see. And the fourth time John says, so I came and look. 
And every day the Lord's saying, come and see, are we looking? Are we opening the word? Let's keep looking to Jesus. And behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was death, and Hades followed with him. Now, pale here in the Greek, it's a pale green. It's basically the color of a corpse. And the one who sat on it, he had a name called death. And this is death unleashed. There's already been a lot of death already in the, in, in this, in the second and the third seal. But this is going to be death unleashed. This is when you get in, again, the wages of sin is death. And this is a world at this point in time that's saying we do not want God. We don't want the giver of life. We want to embrace this antichrist. We want to embrace this do as thou wilt motto. Well, guess what comes with that? Death comes with it. And death is going to be unleashed with no restraints or little restraints. Any restraints is just going to be the 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 the, you know, the the mercies of the lord as well as just you know what this horseman only being allowed to as we'll see here kill a fourth of the earth which is quite a bit he who sat on it was death the word death could also be translated pestilence or plague and listen pestilence and plague can come naturally they can be man-made and i think we're living in a day of man-made plagues all over the place don't get me started. And they can be God sent. I don't know exactly what this will be, but the one, again, who was slain, who's worthy to open the seals, he's going to be the one that is allowing this to happen. And it's happening because man chose sin. Make no mistake, this isn't God being the bad guy. This is God who sent his son to die for us, who's pleading with these people, even at this point, for them to repent and they reject. And at some point, listen, everything gets wrapped up. And this is going to be the wrap-up of this dispensation or this time. And again, we see the birth pains of this already here. We read of famines. We also read of pestilence and the beginning of sorrows. And again, I don't, I don't think I need to get into this tonight. I think we see this, don't we? I know even with things like cancer and I just, I don't need statistics. I don't need a medical book. I don't need to go on the internet. I remember when I was a kid, and it seems like the only people that got cancer was your grandpa that smoked for 50 years. And then he lived another 20 years. It's like, okay. And now it just runs rampant. It runs rampant. I personally believe there's a lot of things done to increase that in folks. Oh, where he goes with that tinfoil hat. No, you know what? Again, man, there's just a lot of things in this modern world that's supposed to be so advanced that it's just so, so bad for us, man. It's almost as if, it's almost as if there's a, an enemy out there. <laughs> I think the Bible speaks about him. But listen, this time's going to be like any other time. You know, I think maybe you think of the plagues there in Egypt and you see the unfolding of all of that. This is going to be off the chart. Death, pestilence, plagues. So the writer's name death and Hades follows with him. And this should be frightening. This should make the knees knock of anyone who is a rejecter of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, there's more people today that are beginning to grope for death Sadly, over this last year, especially, we've seen such an increase of suicides of people just saying, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to take my life. And in the tribulation, as you get deeper into it, you see more and more people groping for death. And really, I think those that find it are going to be considered blessed by those who are alive, but it's utter foolishness because if Christ is not your Lord and Savior, you know what, what follows death? Hades or hell. And it grieves my heart to think of how many people over the history of the world have taken their own life wanting to escape their pain and were plummeted into hell. Now listen, that's not a judgment on everyone that takes their life. That's a mistake it is a bad decision. It's a sin against God and others, no doubt. But I'm going to let God judge spirits and souls and everything else. And I know this, that the shed blood of the Lamb is the only thing that saves me. And I've shared many a time at a funeral that if a mistake sends you to hell, we're all going. 
But with that said, so many folks have taken that route who have rejected Christ thinking, I'm going to escape this pain. You know what follows death? Hades. And that's going to be the case in that time on a, such a grand scale. Death followed by Hades. And again, I think there'll be a lot of people just after all these plagues, after these butcherings that are going on, a crashed economy, you know what, famine, these, this, these plagues breaking out. We'll see death coming in all these various ways as we close here. People go, man, I wish that were me. In fact, we'll see in a little bit in Revelation down the road, there'll be a time when people seek it and they can't find it. I think it will be a literal zombie apocalypse, 100%, where people are going to take guns to themselves. I don't want to be too descriptive. And they're not going to be able to kill themselves. The Bible says it. It's not Pastor Steve's opinion. It's in the Scripture. Satan wants to be a lot like God. You know that? I think a lot of his TV shows are his prophecies. <laughs> it says about this writer, power was given them, death and Hades, over a fourth of the earth. That's a lot of people. Over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death with the beast of the earth. So power was given to them from who? Oh, the devil gave him power? No, the Lord did. The Lord's in control on this. God's on control. God's on the throne. So you're looking at a couple billion people. I mean, I don't know what the population will be then. It seems there's efforts, and I could do sound clips of a lot of people in high places that want to reduce the population out of their mouths. Back to the beginning of all this, about a year and a half ago, I heard one guy that used to be in computers say, if we're successful, we'll reduce the population by 15%. Please fact check me. Fact check me on that. Please do it. Oh, no way. You can find it there. <laughs> These guys have been saying forever, we've got to reduce this population. It's like, why don't you start with yourself? No, not, not we're the elite. You know, all you scum buckets, we need to get rid of you guys. And I'm, I'm not literally saying do that, but it's like, come on, man, do you really believe that? It's always the other, the little guy, right? <laughs> not the kings of the earth. We're too learned and, you know, upright in our Lucifer worship. You better believe it. It's a satanic cabal up there. You better believe it. So again, God's going to give that power, but this is man's choice in the garden. Remember that. Some people think, oh, they're disturbed. Oh, God, how can... This is man's choice in the garden. So I'll be my own God. I'll do as I will. I'll do what's right in my own eyes, and I don't need Jesus Christ. Well, guess what? God is holy, and we are not, and the time comes when men get judged, nations get judged, and this world's going to get judged. And the alternative is fall on your face and repent, man, and call out on Jesus Christ to get washed of your sin because God will have none of it in his kingdom. And I believe a lot of these things being peddled in the day Today, God's going to give them over to it. I think God's going to give them over to population reduction. You want that? Except God won't be selective in it like they are. You want global warming? Listen, it's a heat up in the tribulation. You really want this stuff? So he's going to go forth and kill with sword, hunger, death. We know in this time, it says if a man lives by the sword, he'll die by the sword. I think that's far different than defending yourself with a sword or a weapon or so forth. You see self-defense advocated throughout Scripture when a man's life is in danger. They're going to die of hunger. So again, this, there'll be plenty of oil and wine, but this famine will increase even with this fourth horseman of you know, death and riding on this pale horse. And then again, pestilence. Plagues and disease running rampant. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah, as he was prophesying, said of this time. This is of the tribulation. He said, I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will halt the arrogance of the proud. God's going to halt it. And lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. And notice, I will make a mortal more rare than five fine gold and a man more than the gold wedge of Ophri. So he says, people are going to be rare. They're going to be dropping all over. You're going to see a real pandemic where you're walking. Well, I pray to God I won't see it. But 
People go, well, walk around. It's going to be, that's a dead one. That's a dead one. There's a dead one. Can you, can you imagine the smell of death that's going to be there? Listen, that's what our sin smells like to God. And God's going to say, you want that? Then you're going to stew in it. Oh, but God's loving. He is. He sent his son. But you better believe it. God is just. God is just. And this world's going to have a reckoning very soon. And I know he's long-suffering, not wanting any to perish. But listen, you know what's going to be going on in heaven and all this? It ain't going to be, oh, stop, Jesus. No, oh, Lord. Oh, God, what are you doing? Oh, you need to be like this. It's going to be roars of praise to God in heaven. Bring it, Lord. You are righteous. Your judgments are true. Bring it to a world that's saying, we don't want you, God. Hear this tonight. Listen, no one in hell will have not chosen to go there. God's going to honor the decision. We don't want you. And that's going to be an eternal decision. Last thing he says, also by beasts of the earth. And think about it. If men don't have food to eat, neither do beasts. It reminds me of the days of Nimrod, where beasts roamed the earth, and Nimrod, the mighty hunter, said, come to me. And we know out of this, again, there's an Antichrist, and all the more he'll rise to more and more power to about the middle of the tribulation, and boy, then he just starts going downhill till the Lord comes and just crushes them. But it will be a picture like with Nimrod of using crises to get a greater following. One side note with this, the word beast, there's a few times that it's translated to the word serpent. And some have suggested, have suggested you know, by fiery serpent, and you think of scenes like in Numbers 21 where there was one of those rebellions in the wilderness by the children of Israel, and it says, so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people died. But you know what? There was a way out made for the people. Do you know that? God told Moses to make a bronze serpent. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> and put it on a pole. And if anyone who was bitten would look at that bronze serpent, they would live. And you know that promise is for us tonight? Jesus said in John three fourteen, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And you all know the next verse, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And you're like, why would Jesus be compared with a bronze serpent? Because he who knew no sin became sin for us. And I'm looking at, I'm snake bitten, I'm a sinner Jesus' heel was bruised and he bore my sin to save me. And because he was without sin, he conquered death, sin, Satan, hell, Hades, all of it. And he rose from the grave and praise God. Listen, in the midst of all this going on and all that will happen, whoever calls on the name of the Lord be saved. And that's the question. Have you called on his name? And if you have, rejoice in him. If you haven't, you need to get saved and born again. And if you have, let's look to him. Don't let your heart be troubled. Look to your Lord, man. Rejoice. Rejoice in your Lord. As I say oftentimes, he's brought us this far, hasn't he? You think he's going to forsake you now? No way. I believe, I, I read the word, and, and I've seen it in my life, man. The, 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 the hotter the fire gets and the bigger the trial gets, and I think it's probably more on our end. The more we see clearly, man, God's going before us. God's making a way. And it's a glorious thing to see and watch. It's a glorious thing. Well, Heavenly Father, we praise you tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for once again all the reminders, God, that you reign, that you are in control. Let us heed the call, Lord, to not have a troubled heart. Lord, let's rest, let us rest knowing that, again, you are, you are on the throne in heaven. The earth is your footstool, and we are the people of your pasture, God. Lord, we do pray for, Lord, our world tonight. We pray for those there in Afghanistan, God. We want to pray for stability for that land. We want to pray, God, for those that, God, desperately 
are trying to get out of that land. We want to pray, God, for believers in that land that there'd be a hedge of protection around them. And we pray for the salvation of that land, God, that these people's eyes would be opened up to who you are, God. And I know that in many of those Islamic countries, there are revivals happening of people groping for Christ as they see the bankruptcy of Islam. Lord, tonight we do pray for these Lord, areas that have been hit by these earthquakes, we lift up that nation of Haiti to you, Lord. This impoverished nation. And again, Lord, we know the history of that nation. It's a dark one, and it is an occultic one. And Lord, I do know these people have been, Lord, given the gospel of Christ. And Lord, there's people who've come to know you, and we would pray, God, that you'd comfort those that have lost lives. And we pray, Lord, for a revival, God, in that land. And Lord, tonight we want to pray that, Lord, for our land. Lord, we want to pray, God, in the midst of all of these things that people would look up and they would call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know a lot of people are being stirred up and some people just want to deny it and say, no, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. When the truth is, things are only good in the Lord. So we pray for a harvest in this land. Again, I'd hope and pray any here tonight who haven't called on you, Lord, that they would. And if that's you tonight, tell someone. Listen, confess them before a man he'll confess you before his angels and his father in heaven so we thank you we praise you god bless our fellowship right now the rest of this beautiful evening we pray these things in jesus name and we said together amen god bless you